another episode of the Together Podcast, a podcast where two people get together and discuss Magic the Gathering. This is episode 104 with Jared Williams, where we'll be discussing how to put together a Brawl deck and what that looks like to a noob, to someone like me. Uh, this episode was a lot of fun to make. We had definitely uh, some laughs during the process of making it, and I think that there's a lot of good information in it as well. You can take what you learn here and apply that to, to all kinds of different decks. Now, I know we do a lot of Brawl on the show. In fact, the first two episodes were about Brawl, and I plan on stepping away from that in future episodes, so don't worry. There's a lot of topics to cover in Magic, and I hope that I can get to as many of them as I can. Um... And, and keep all of you interested. But before uh, we get to that, I definitely wanted to cover this just to kind of show people how new I am to the game and that there are people out there who are new to the game and this is what magic looks like to them. Now, granted, it may not be exactly what it looks like to them. In fact, I may be more hard-headed than a lot of the people that are learning to play magic and they may get it a lot quicker than I do. But still, the idea is that there are noobs that want to play the game. And I hope that there are people as accepting as the playgroup that I have found. There are people willing to take the time to say, hey, this is probably what you need to do. Um, this is probably what a deck should look like whenever you start building it. And you know, this card may not work and this card probably will. And I hope that anyone listening up to it will at least take that lesson away and hopefully you know the next time you run into somebody who hasn't played the game before think about this and maybe take the time to to let them let them learn a little bit anyway uh yeah so this is a fun episode a lot of good information i hope that you uh, enjoy it and without further ado let's get started <laughs> it to you but I, I had you also build one right you were supposed to build one or at least come up with cards oh I know what I would put I didn't build a deck but I know what I would play. well that's not fair you had me build a deck but you're not getting you I know what I would play I didn't build it though <sighs> Created a brawl deck on Tapped Out, which is pretty cool. It's my first deck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's my, it's my, this little thing there. It's pretty neat. <laughs> also, you get these infographics on the side. It tells you like, you know, what your, how many lands you should play, and which you can tell that we're way off with that, but it's fine. Look, look all right. When they tell me to do something, I do the exact opposite. That's or I refuse hardly. Like, hardly? Yeah, like very hard. <laughs> you barely refuse. <laughs> I don't I don't want to do what this says. I don't want to do it. 
I don't know what it says, but because it's telling me to do something, I don't want to do it. This is the mana of your deck. Mana symbols of your deck. Mm -hmm. The outer rim is the mana you have to cast the spells. So you have way too many islands, not enough mountains. I don't, do I really have that much red in my deck? All right, so let's let's uh, let's tear this apart. All right, let's well, let's do this first. So obviously, first we have the commander, which is what's your Joyra. name? Joyra. Joyra. Weatherlight Captain. Is that really how you say your name? Yes, Joyra. The H is silent. I feel like phonetically that just does not work. But anyway, moving <laughs> on. Joyra, the Weatherlight Captain. Uh, whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. Artifacts, legendaries, and sagas are historic. I basically created the deck around her ability of drawing cards and using that to your advantage to build bigger, stronger things. Uh, because I am an aggro player. I know what that means. <laughs> I like to play aggro, and so I like to have creatures that like to that do uh, do powerful things. With Jira rather that captain. The first thing, because of her draw ability, I went with the Locust God. Yeah, and I'm glad you went there. Uh, I thought that was like, if the Locust God wasn't in her deck, I was gonna. So I did good. Yeah. Yes. With, with that one, you did good. <laughs> I was. Awesome. If you looked at the cards, I expected the Locust God to be in the deck. Okay. So I'm glad to see him. Um, yes. I think he's the best win condition for this deck. First, though, well, the reason that I gave you this commander specifically was because it's a fairly intuitive card to build around. I mean, you read the card, you know what you're doing, right? When you read Joyer, you were like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But, uh, I thought it would be interesting because there's not actually a ton of ways to really go over the top and win. The Locust God is the best one. Other than that, yeah, I mean, there are, there are other cards that you could use, but that's the main reason I gave you the deck was because I thought it would be easy to come up with a concept for the deck and then you know, getting into the, like, minutia of it and, like, finding ways to win with it would be a little bit more challenging and interesting. So, yeah, I'm glad that the Locust God's there. One thing that we didn't say when we when we decided we were going to do this was if the deck was going to be for 1v1 or for multiplayer. And I asked you last <laughs> night, and you just said, I think verbatim, uh... <laughs> Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I just built a brawl deck. Dude, <laughs> like, is that, is that not what you do? I mean, when you're no. building a brawl... <laughs> I built a brawl deck. You told me to build a brawl deck. I, I, is that a thing? <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. don't know. Okay, well, okay. In, in our last podcast, you know, I told you when you're playing multiple people, you're trying to do bigger things. Because you have multiple people to kill, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're building a deck for multiplayer, I would expect the curve on the deck to be higher. Your your curve probably goes to four instead of three or, or so. You're going to have more six mana spells in your deck than you would want if it was a, a single player deck. So you can't just find like a happy medium? No. I mean, God. you're going to lose in both formats if you just I don't even try to play magic anymore. This is that, like cause... science. <laughs> the thing is, in a 1v1 game, politics doesn't come into it. Mm -hmm. I'm just attacking you. So if you have all of these expensive spells in your deck, then, you know, I play a 2-mana and a 3-mana creature. 
if I attack you with those creatures twice, say the the average power of those creatures is five or six, I just dealt you a third of your life total in two turns. You haven't even developed your board yet. Like you're just so far behind at that point, it's going to be really, really hard for you to catch up. But in multiplayer, like if I'm being aggressive, I attack you with a bunch of you know two and three drop creatures. The other people that I'm playing are just sitting there drawing cards and developing their board and doing bigger things. And maybe I do kill you. Then I haven't touched two of these players at all. And they're playing eight drops or seven drops. And I'm playing a four drop that has first strike. And they're pl- they have a seven seven now. What am I supposed to do at that point? You know, you know what I mean? So Brawl multiplayer is not the same format as Brawl one-on-one. Completely different format. Like does this... This is something that can kind of go both ways, right? Yeah, or is this more is this more going to be one on one, or is this more going to be multiplayer? Because now I've got to go and reset my deck according to. I think uh, what I think I'm going to be playing more. I personally think that one v one is going to be better. Mm-hmm. I actually think that the multiplayer brawl format is a lot smaller than the one v one format. One there is one clearly best commander in multiplayer brawl. And then I think there's clearly a second best. And then after that, is it, it song, drops off. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's Muldrotha. Muldrotha is the most powerful. Um, and what about Scarab God? I know you mentioned him earlier uh, in the uh, in the, uh, in the first podcast. Do you still think he's? I think I think he's still very powerful. I think he just goes in that in the Muldrotha, Muldrotha deck. Okay. Um, and he's probably one of your best cards in that deck especially if you're playing against other people that have a lot of creatures in their deck because you can you get to reuse your cards and you get to reuse their cards i don't know if i think scarab god should be banned necessarily now but i i do think it's still going to be very good but i think it is going to go in the multi deck um because of you get access to another color green is really good and green is a really good good one for like graveyard stuff so so tetsuko umuzawa uh, the fugitive because you're creating one one insect creatures and to have this legendary creature human rogue out who makes all all creatures with toughness of one unblockable uh, i thought that that was necessary to have yeah uh no 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 why uh, what the insects are flying so most of your the most of them are not going to be able to be blocked anyways okay so this is basically just like a, a needless card yeah, I think so. I don't think you need this card. I think I think it could be good in Brawl, uh, but I don't think this deck needs it. I think... The synergy was there, though. I mean, it is a synergy. If they didn't have flying, I think that... Yeah, I could see it, but... Progress. <laughs> also, you don't really care if you're... If they die, right? Like, so say they have, like, one flyer. You have the Locust God, and you draw a bunch of cards. You have, like, six insects, and you just attack with six insects you don't care one if one of them dies i do care a little bit but it's whatever (laughs) you shouldn't care if one of them dies but yeah no i don't think tetsuko is is particularly good in this deck that's just me all right so moving on uh then let's go back to the next big bomb that i i decided to put in this deck and that was karn uh sign of urza karn is great i think uh i mean Minus two is really, really good in this deck, or should be. His other abilities, I think, will be fine. I think the the minus two is what you want him for in this deck. Right, yeah, because I'm creating a zero-zero. Um, 
colorless construct, you know, and it has plus one, plus one for each artifact I control. Um, and so with that, obviously, I, I, I'm going to put a lot of artifacts and in, in here. Um, and then also moving on to what I thought uh, was more synergy for this was things like uh, Brass's Bounty. I think Brass's Bounty is solid. And um, uh, things basically cards that were going to let me uh, create treasures because those are artifacts. Yeah. And for each of those artifacts, it's going to add to Karn's ability. Yeah, I think I think Brass's Bounty is solid. Most of the time, you're you're casting a spell and you're getting all of your mana back at the very least that turn. So, um, and it works really well with Karn. I mean, if if all you have is Brass's Bounty, and then you mul- and then you minus two Karn, you get a seven seven. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so you know, two for two as far as big guys go. I'll take it, I'll take it. So the next one that I thought needed to be in here was, um, as far as, you know, making creatures big and, and helping out uh, in, in the combat was uh, in the Antiquities War. Um, all of your artifacts become uh, creatures with base power and toughness of a 5-5. Five, five. Uh, uh, it only gives you it till, until the end of a turn, but for that turn, every artifact you have out there, yeah. including all of my treasures, become 5-5 five, five creatures, and that's... Yeah, I mean, the first two abilities on it are really good as well. Um, I think even if you didn't have the third one, you would put it in your deck because of the, the, the first two abilities on it. And then the uh, the final uh, chapter, I guess, of the, of the saga is a way to win the game, so solid. For sure. Um, yeah. I kind of know what I'm doing now. All right. Well, then with that, um, look at this deck and tell me what doesn't belong here. <laughs> tell me what you would take out or, or and then possibly what you would replace it with. Uh, well, one, you have a, an illegal card in your deck, so we won't talk about that. Because... What's the illegal card? Dead Eye Plunders. So. Oh, yeah, it's, it's blue and black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Okay, so we'll take that one out. Diligent uh, Excavator, I think, is unnecessary. You're not going to mill out your opponent. Maybe if you're playing multiplayer, because games tend to get gummed down, like the board. Like stall out. Yeah, and yeah. people can't do anything. So this is a card, you just cast spells and you get to middle somebody. But if you do Diligent Excavator, if you're in multiplayer, then you're probably going to want to have Frank Sanity as well. Right, because then it doubles doubles that ability. Uh, I think Frank Sanity, if in multiplayer, is just a card you should put in your deck because anyway. if you're playing blue, because the format is a stally format, and I've seen pretty much most of the multiplayer games I've seen can come down to, to decking just in yourself. If you're playing blue in a multiplayer brawl, I feel like you should just have Frank Sanity as a way to win the game because people are gonna cast spells. You don't even have to have any other mill. People are going to cast spells, and they're going to have to mill when they do. So, so, uh, so, so let me let me defend myself here on why I have diligent excavator here. Yeah, it doesn't mill you a lot, but getting milled is still annoying. You know, you're you're, you're drawing off the top two cards that you have, and when you do that, you know, you, the possibility of whatever those two cards are, and you're not being able to use them in the game is kind of is is a, I mean, for me, I think that that's like a tilt. Yeah, you know, a little bit. So then I put panharmonicon in there to double that effect. Okay. So the idea isn't that Diligent Excavator is a win condition. It's more of, if you're going to use a destroy creature on me, use it on that. 
Gotcha. You know, let, hopefully I can pull that out at the beginning of the game, have it out there, and then you've used one of your re- removal spells basically mm-hmm. on that, so that whenever I do pull out my bigger creature, you no longer have that removal spell in your in your deal anymore. You know. Gotcha. Um, so it's more like, hey, here's a target, go for it. I don't think the logic behind that is bad necessarily, but so say you play four artifacts with him out. That's eight cards that you milled. No, that's a hand. It's a hand. Okay, yeah, but (laughs) unless I'm drawing those cards, I'm not gonna see those cards anyways. Maybe it's a tilt for your opponent. I don't think you should have a card in your deck to bank on your opponent getting pissed and killing card that's bad, so that your good card. You should just have all good cards in your deck. That way, when you play your two drop good card, they kill it, and now your five drop good card is safe from that removal spell. Let's see. Golden Guardians is interesting. I think it's a good card. I think you need ways to make it work. Let's see if you have ways to make it work. You have two ways to make that work. Which wait, wait, wait. Not enough. Let me see if I can find them. Because I don't even know if I if I if I put them in there knowingly or not. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I attack it, return it uh, as yeah. So it's so so it was a it was a ramp, and then also create a four four colorless golem artifact creature token. It's a good card. It is a win condition too. I mean, you just you get to hold up mana on your opponent's turn. If they don't do anything that you need to deal with, you you get to make a four four mm-hmm. untap, and now it can still attack. And now it can attack. Basically, has haste, so you have a four four haste. But you don't have in your deck ways to kill or not enough ways to kill it which it has to die uh on the front side before you can uh use its ability so traxos is the best option you have that's just one colossus metalworks metalwork colossus that one yes that's what i said you that's, just yes that would be a good card in this deck i expected to see it I, I i thought about it that was that was definitely a sideboard option for me um i saw it in there but i was like oh, i've got a seven seven and then i've got all these other big bigger things i didn't know if it was too much does that make sense because it's what uh a 10 or 11 it's an 11 drop right uh it costs 11 mana but it costs less for each artifact you have each non-creature non-creature artifact artifact, which i've got a lot of artifact creatures in here you should have more artifact non-artifact creatures in your deck we can get to that in a second but yes metalwork colossus would be good in this deck i'm gonna assume because I feel like we've, we've, we've kind of talked about this, that we're going to play this format one-on-one. I appreciate that your your curve is low, but I think a lot of these cards just, you know, Squee is extremely low impact. It doesn't do... Defense? <laughs> <laughs> so Squee gets to keep coming in, and he's a historic. So every time he comes in, I get to draw. It doesn't matter where he's at. I have a draw card av- available to me. That's true. You do have that. And... Three mana to draw a card is not good. Um, and he doesn't... I mean, a 2-1... But then I'm adding a flying insect each time he comes in also. If you have Locust Guide out. Right. Well, yes. that, that's... You can't, you can't bank that. Mm. I can... I see the synergy with Jorah and, and Squee. You know, Planar Bridge lets me go and look for Locust Guide as well. I can't play it right away, but... Yeah, I don't think Planar Bridge should be in the deck. Yeah. <laughs> It's six mana, especially 1v1. My blood pressure. Right maybe now. if this was a, if, if we were talking about uh, playing a multiplayer, I could see this maybe, but you're, you're paying six mana 
and that's what you're not gonna you're not gonna use its ability when you play it, right? So you use you you pay six mana for a card that you that does basically nothing on your turn. Then you untap. You use your entire turn. You pay eight mana to uh, get Locust God, right? Which Locust God is six mana, so you paid two extra mana for it. Now, yes, you get to just search it up and put it out, but I think you would rather just draw with Joyra until you draw Locust God, and then play it for six mana. Okay, and then Panharmonicon lets me draw two cards each time. With? Any time that a, uh, or an artifact or creature entering the battlefield. So if, if it's an artifact, I get to draw twice, basically. No, it doesn't work that way. Because it's uh, Panharmonicon triggers on Enter the Battlefield. Mm-hmm. triggers on Cast. So you whenever you cast a spell, Joyra, the card's still on the stack. So this is why we're doing this. Because noobs <laughs> need to know this like me. Whenever they yeah, overlook I mean, stuff. Yeah, you definitely, whenever you see a card like Panharmonicon, which is a great card, it, it's not good in this deck, but you want to make sure you you look for uh, Enter the Battlefield triggers. You don't have enough just plain artifacts, and you don't have enough cheap ones. Pacification Array is, int- is cool. It's kind of a way that your deck can get around removal. You don't have access to a lot of ways of removing creatures, so I like that. I like Ice Manipulator, same reason. You need to have treasure map in this deck. That's probably the best artifact for your deck. Why? The front half, you get to draw off Joyra. You also get to you pay one, put a counter on it, scry card, scry. So like on your upkeep, you pay a mana, like especially in a late game, you pay a mana, scry, and you know you get to decide if you want to draw that card or not. Um, it, it smooths out your draws. Make sure you keep hitting gas. And then the back half is also just draw, which. Your deck isn't necessarily going to need a ton of because your commander does that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always nice to have backup ways to get back in the game. You know, if they kill her three times, she costs 10 mana. So, and that could happen. Yeah, treasure map should be in here. Storm the Vaults. Storm the Vaults is, is cool. It gives me uh, blue for every artifact that I control. So how are you using that? What are you using the blue mana for? So, like, you, you tap can't. it. Because I've got a lot of blue cards i don't want i don't want to use my treasures obviously i want to keep those out out there yeah i understand but like Mm -hmm. say you have seven artifacts out so you you tap that for blue you add seven blue to your mana pool and you still have all of your lands untapped so say you have six lands right so that's 13 mana that you have access to what in your deck would you need to use that 13 mana on metalwork colossus as soon as i put them in there yeah that, that that one would be a good one i also think what's the the planeswalker, the red planeswalker in this set. Jaya. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, I've got Jaya's. I know who you're talking about. Um, the her. She uh, gives you two red, um, or three red, I think. But her legendary sorcery goes really well with Storm of Vault because you just it's a card that can win the game. You it's an X spell, deals three mm-hmm. damage to three targets. So like in multiplayer, it can just win the game. Like you Storm of Vault for twenty and. Or uh, Vault Vaz can for like 10 mana, then tap those lands, then tap your lands, 16, 17 mana to your mana pool, and then just deal, th- it would be like 15 damage to three to each player. So it just wins the game. Uh, in single player, it's also really good. So yeah, I, I think Jaya's in- Infinite Rage, or that would be a card to put in the deck. It works really well with, with Storm of Vault. Um, Trove of Temptation. Each opponent must attack you or a planeswalker you control with at least one creature each combat is able. 
beginning of your instep create a treasure so why why are you playing this other than i mean obviously you get a treasure every time the hope is that i have something big out there yeah and then they have to attack me and i'm getting rid of the field while also getting an artifact yeah i mean that's a thing kind of it's kind of low impact though it's four mana like so that that's that's most of the cards in this deck actually that i've noticed is like that's 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 the average is four i think and that's not bad and that's why i have things like storm the vault and and stuff like that because i want to be able to play multiple cards Mm -hmm. i don't want to you know um i'm hoping that i'll be able to play multiple cards and and get stuff out there faster uh one thing you also have to think about when you're deck building is what an opening hand might look like right Mm -hmm. to be fair you do have a decent amount of like two and three mana creatures but if you draw your seven and you have no plays before four and your four drop are the antiquities war trove of temptation storm of alt so you have four lands in those three spells that hand doesn't do anything i think antiquities war and storm of alt are good but you want to to cut down on cards that don't impact the board when you play them as much as possible so trove i get it but i don't think it it works um just because it's a very clunky card it's a very clunky draw in a lot of situations most situations it's not very it's good when you're ahead of of your opponent you have like three creatures and they're all bigger than your opponents you play this and then they have to attack you and you get to kill their stuff but if you're behind you pay four mana to get a treasure which a treasure isn't worth a mana so you paid four for a card that is worth less than one mana so yeah all right all right i guess uh, (laughs) i like mechanized production i think that's great it's a way to win the game with like brass's bounty you have a lot of ways of making uh treasure tokens so i think that's good uh kumina's awakening i think is actively bad if you don't have a send usually you you should have a send with this deck because of all the artifacts artifacts that you're and tokens you're making but if you don't uh it's bad curator's ward is not good just take it out man it's just not not, doesn't do much it protects locust god it protects sure uh traxos it protects uh who else was my big one karn yeah what i would do you want to just play threats in right so instead of playing curators ward you could play metal reclosses so it's another threat that they have to deal with i don't think this is like garbage but i no, you said that before. Just take. I just said to take it out of your. Yeah, deck. that's pretty much exactly what that means. Though, <laughs> it's garbage. Like, yeah, I, it. Yeah, no, just take it out. Um, as foretold, is a great card in modern. It's more ramp. Um, yeah. But it's it. That was that was again one of those things where I was like, do I really need it? But I started running out of, of ideas, and so I, I threw it in there to be like, hey, cool. You know, I get to play another card, an extra card each round. Yeah, it's really, 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 really slow though. So I think. It's a card you should just take out. Yeah, see, your enchantments, there's a there's a theme there of really slow cards that don't impact the board. Generally with cards that are that don't have power and toughness, especially in a one-on-one format, you want them to do something when you play them. That way, unless when you untap with it, it just can win you the game by itself. Like Panharmonicon's a, game, a card like that. You know, if I untap with Panharmonicon, I'm going to win the game. So you better not let me untap with it. But Kimena's Awakening, Curator's Ward, as foretold, those cards don't do that. 
and they're actively bad if you're behind in the game. And you should have, so you should take these cards out, add more non-creature artifacts. Vehicles would be really good. Aethersphere Harvester would be a good card to put in here. Heart of Kieran could be decent. Kaladesh is a, a, a good set to, to look at. So I told you Treasure Map should be in here. You should play Prismatic Lens. I think that's it's two mana and it filters your mana. So it fixes mana. It, when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. So with Jora, you get to draw two cards. It works well with Colossus. So when you put Colossus in it, you, that'll be a good card with it. The blue Puzzle Knot could be interesting. That's kind of a maybe card. Another one that I see a lot in lists and that I think is pretty solid is the oh, it's the it's the pyramid from Kaladesh. It's two mana. You can uh, like pay one, put a brick counter on it, draw a card. Or pay one, tap it, scry. So it's a cheap artifact for Jura to draw off of, and you get to, it gives you value as well going through the game. With Jura specifically, you want a lot of cheap artifacts because, like, say you play your on turn four, you tap out, you untap, you play a one mana artifact, you draw a card, you play another one mana artifact, you draw a card. And at that point, like, you're just, you're going to go through your deck. You're going to find your Locust God. You're going to find Traxos. You're going to find Metalwork Colossus. Like your win conditions, you're going to be able to find them because you're playing all these these small artifacts that mm -hmm. you can you can draw off of. So Cards that I think are good that you chose to put in here. Padim is solid. Yeah, that this is really good with like Traxos. Uh, it'll be really good with Metalwork Colossus. It can also be really good with like Icy Manipulator and uh, Pacification Array. Those act as removal in your deck, basically, so giving your removal hexproof is, is good. Also, Helm of Host is a card that I, th I like in the deck. It's a card that can just win the game, too. So I like that. You put, If you put it on Joyra, it gets insane. If you... I mean, you, but if you put it on Traxos or the Locust God, or there's a lot of good stuff there. Mishra's Self-Replicator. Whenever you cast an extort spell, you may pay one. If you do create a token that's a copy of the replicator. This is good with cheap artifacts. So like your one and two mana. So like you pay two mana with Jor out, you, you draw a card off that two mana, and you pay another mana and you get another two-two with this ability. So this can get out of hand. It is just a five mana two-two, but I think I think that's fine. The fact that if they can't deal with it, it just goes crazy. After the first one they kind of have to have a board wipe because if they don't, then it doesn't matter if they kill the original one. You still have the other one. Um, I think this is solid. Jura's Familiar is good. Making your historic spells cost one less is good. Foundry Inspector is good. Like if you have Foundry Inspector and Jura's Familiar out at the same time, like making your two mana artifacts cost zero and drawing a card, that's a, you know, that's a good card. That's, that's good. Cogwork Assembler, I don't even think I've seen this card. Create seven mana, create a token that's a copy of target artifact. That token gains haste. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's, you know, obviously the things for like Traxos for, mm -hmm. you know, the bigger ones that I have. Um, I, yeah, I think this is fine. Uh, three mana, two, three is okay. Like, if you need to play it on three to block or trade or something, that's fine. And it's uh, got some potential in the late game. I think that's. I think that's good. Uh, Captain Lannery Storm is a little out of place. And just take her fast. out. Yeah. Just take her out. Let's... Yeah, just take her out. Siren Storm Tamer is a 
It's a one drop that protects my creature. Yeah, it's a good card. It's one of those that I think you kind of want to play with. I'm not going to make any statements on it yet because I could see it being good, but I could also see it being bad. So you just want to play with the deck and see if it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, there are cards that are just like that. You're, you're going to have to test them and see if they work. What about a Protean Raider? If you attack with a creature, it enters the battlefield as a copy. Mm. Like most of your your finishers are going to be like uh, legendary creatures or spells. Mm -hmm. I think Protean Raider should just be gone. Fine. Because like, if you could copy Locust God, it'd be great, but you can't. Okay. Or you can, but you'd be wasting three mana because then one you would just something would die. Yeah, lose the. I would assume lose the Protean Raider. So, uh, Relic Runner is a low impact. Um, but it's a it's a it's a low mana too. So that is true. I mean, if I if I draw it first, you said I need low mana cards there, yeah. so I'm trying to find something that'll work. So you, so what you would maybe want to do is look at two mana uh, creatures that are a little more defensive. I don't think you're necessarily a control deck, but you're not an aggressive deck. And chipping in for two every time you cast a, a artifact, if it's like if you're gonna replace like Protean Raider, Relic Runner, Squee those cards you should replace them with cards that are in that mana slot that work with the what you're trying to do your overall strategy is trying to do what am i trying to do jared uh you're trying to draw cards you're you're kind of a because <laughs> i don't even know what I'm doing. you're kind of a mid-rangey i'm in it for the long uh, game man that's what i'm in it for all right i'm in it for the long <laughs> game yeah you, you have a lot of uh i think you're going to be good against like other mid-range decks i think you'll be good against uh aggro but you're gonna want cards that are like it, replacing these with like good blockers um would be what i would do because you're trying to draw with her to get to your win conditions and then those cards can just win the game right like locust god is insane in this deck um so yeah as far as the instants and sorceries and stuff like that in your deck i think you need to have more counter spells like, you have four instants, two of them are counter spells. I would just play Negate over Unwind. Not gonna do it. Um, Unwind is so cool. Yeah, but. You counter and you get to untap three three lands. That's. What are you gonna you do with three lands, though, on your opponent's turn? Play Squee the Immortal. Yeah. <laughs> From my graveyard or exile. Just play Negate. Just, just, just play Negate. Um, I, eh, I mean, you could play Unwind, but you need to have Negate in here as well. Okay, so take um, out Curator's Ward and put it in the gate. Yeah, that'd be fine. Uh, rescue is bad. Like, this card is just awful. Why? Uh, Why? Well, there's Explain an it. objectively better card in Standard right now. Okay, uh, what is it? Unsummon. So you get... With Rescue, you return a creature... Or a permanent you control to your hand, right? With Unsummon, you get to return a target creature to its owner's hand. So you can bounce your opponent's creature, or you can bounce your creature to save it. This uh, okay, you, I, I, I got you. I got you. So I can, I can. It, yeah, this one only lets me return something to your that I control. Okay. I so mean, then it does save like your non-creatures, which unsummon doesn't do. But I mean, there's not that many of those things that you're gonna want to save. Like uh, helm of helm of the host would be one, but like that's a, that's really really narrow. You want to just counter that. Like negate, cancel. Yeah, cancel is fine. I would. There's if you want to spend a little extra money. I don't want to spend money. Okay, cancel's fine. Uh, that's it's a fine 
uh, a fine one. And then I mean, looking at looking at these cards that I already have, like the Locust God was how much? He's he's not that much. He's like six bucks. Okay, but I put in like five of these cards that I don't have right now into I think Amazon. I was already at forty five dollars. Well, okay. You want, do you have Karn? Yeah, I have Karn. Okay. What were those cards? I don't remember. I think it was like Locust God. Um, Locust God's not expensive. I don't think. Uh, I think it was like... As for Told is like a $10 card. As for Told was, yeah, it was like 12 actually. Something like that. A lot of the Aether Revolt and Kaladesh cards were expensive. Like Padim, he mm-hmm. was expensive. He was like 5 bucks, I think. 4 yeah. or 5 bucks. You're going to get ripped off. <laughs> the card's not worth a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. I have Gilded Lotus, I have Helm Hosts. I think Mirage Mirror was another one that was expensive. I don't think Mirage Mirror is that expensive. It's like a few bucks, but it's it's mostly gets played in Commander. Um, you're not going to see it a lot in, in other formats. It's a little slow for those formats. Mechanized production was expensive. What? Yeah. I mean, what's expensive? Like, what do you what do you deem expensive? Would, like... Over five dollars. I don't have any Kaladesh cards. I don't have any Eighth of Revolt cards. So anything that comes from there, I'm having to get. No, like three, three to four dollars. I mean, you're that you're gonna have to spend that kind of money on cards. It's just, I mean, unless you want to build a bad deck, like three to four dollars is just gonna have is the going rate, like yeah. stuff. But I think Planar Bridge is also a little bit on the on the expensive. Well, yeah. but it's all right because you get to take it out of your deck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think. Overall, another card that I think would be good in this deck for single player, and it's also decent in, in multiplayer, is uh, it's the one that returns all non-land permanents target player controls. It's blue. It's like Crash the Tide or something, or, yeah. or I don't remember. I I, remember I've got it in my. I've got it in the Ixalan. It's the Ixalan set, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, it's a card that's good, uh, and it, it's a card that can basically win the game for you in a one-on-one uh, game. Um, because you just get to do that and then they have no nothing but lands they have to develop again you have all of your stuff uh, it's really really high tempo swing what's the what's the mana drop on that again six six so it is a little expensive but um, when you add all of those two mana artifacts it'll be alright because you, you're going to drop your curve a little bit so yeah. basically you want to develop uh your board in the first three turns with whether they're like artifacts uh, or creatures you play Joyra you get your engine going and then what you want to do is protect your board with like counter spells you're not a control deck but you want to be able to interact with your opponent if they try to destroy your stuff and then you have big stuff like the Locust God you have Draxos you have Metalwork Colossus you have Jaya's uh the legendary sorcery you have antiquities war um i mean antiquities war making like six by fives probably wins the game i think the shell is here i just think there is a lot of a lot of filler so okay <laughs> on, a, on a on a grading scale what would you what would you what would you grade this a b uh c c plus because oh, there's I there, passed. there are cards that are good you you got you hit a lot of the high points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the some of the filler stuff that is a little out of place. So I would say C plus. I'll take it. I'll pass. I passed. Mm-hmm. No, I've never been an overachiever. 
right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next time. Uh, Sam, Sam will be joining me again, and we are going to be talking about etiquette and politics during <laughs> during multiplayer play and uh and and what what uh what not to do yeah what not to do <laughs> yeah so so join us next time guys and uh in the meantime remember it, it's just a game <laughs>